I want to talk to you about a gift. Do you know that God is a great giver? In fact, God is the greatest of givers. I was raised in a church where really I felt uh, that God was a taker. That all God wanted to do was to come into my life and to take from my life and to, uh, <clears throat> uh, to, to have me give to him. But that's not the God of the Bible. It's interesting how many times the Bible talks about the gift of God or the gifts of God. Again and again, uh, over and over, it talks about the fact that God gives us gifts. All kinds of gifts. He gives us food. He gives us air. He gives us life. He gives us strength. He gives us health. Uh, he gives us gifts. Uh, he gives us all kinds of things. All of, because it's the very nature of God to give. In fact, you can make a strong case for the fact that to stop God from giving, you have to do something uh, to hinder it. Because he just loves to give. That's who he is. Now, of all the gifts that God has given us, there's one that stands far above and beyond anything else. And it's the gift of his son. He sent his son to die for us. He gives us a picture that we can relate to. I'm a father. I have a son, one son. And in all honesty, I wouldn't give him for anyone. It's just not in my nature. You fathers will understand that. It's not in your natures. Mothers, you'll understand that too. It's not in our natures to give our sons, but God gave his son for us. God took and sent something so very, very precious to him to pay the price for our sin. And the gift of Christmas is just that gift. Most people never unwrap the gift. Most people never actually receive it. Most people never take it. Children are uh, <clears throat> telling us tonight about this great gift, this Messiah that was going to be born. And we're just going to take a few minutes, and I mean just a few minutes, and we'll talk about this gift. Um, <clears throat> Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. Well, what does that mean to us? What does it mean to us that the wages of sin, and why do we want to talk about sin at Christmas time anyway? Isn't this a happy time when we give gifts and, uh, and we have fun? Well, <clears throat> here's the reason we have to talk about uh, <clears throat> sin. You see, the gift that God gave for us is the antidote to sin. And if you and I didn't have a problem with sin, we wouldn't need the gift. It's kind of like this. Uh, if I come and I tell you that I have the antidote to a disease you've never had and you're never likely to have, uh, and I, I get all excited about it, you're going to say to me, well, yeah, great, wonderful, fantastic. I hope a lot of people benefit from it. But it really doesn't touch you or it doesn't move you. But if you have cancer and you're about to die, and I come and I say, I have the cure. Perhaps tears are going to run down your face. You're going to get excited. You're going to think, whoa, this means something to me. When it comes to the gift that God gave us at Christmas, understanding our sin problem is uh, <clears throat> an essential part of receiving this gift. See, there's a, there's a wages of sin. There's a payment for sin. Now, first of all, what is sin? Sin is when I do my own thing. You say, that's very simple. Yeah, sin is when I do my own thing. Oh, there's, there's, there's sin that causes havoc in our lives. There's sin that causes havoc in other people's lives. 
Sin basically is me doing my own thing. I know God wants me to do something, or I know God does not want me to do something, but I'll go ahead and do it anyway. I do my own thing. And we all do that. Every one of us. Uh, it's, it, it's in us. It's been in us since Adam. I was reading today in Romans chapter 5, and Romans chapter 5 talks about the gift, the gift of God, the gift of God. But it's the gift of God uh, in, in, in a balance against the sin of the first Adam. I, what did Adam do? Adam decided he didn't have to do what God told him to do. He was going to do his own thing. It's really as simple as that. You say, oh, no, evolution has proven that wrong. No, what God is telling us there is that sin came into the world because man chose to do his own thing. But even if it had never come into the world like that, haven't you chosen to do your own thing? Haven't you chosen to go your own way? Haven't you chosen to tell God effectively, that's my life, I live it however I like, and, and the way you live it may not be a problem for anybody else, but it's a problem for God. The Bible says this. The Bible says, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every man to his own way. We've gone our own way. We've done our own thing. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We've gone our own way. So we have a problem with sin. If we're honest, we'll admit that. The Bible tells us this, that there's a payment for sin. Now, we're familiar with the idea of a payment. Uh, You work a job. You agree with somebody that you're going to work them for a certain amount each week, and you expect that at the end of the week or at the end of the month, whenever the set period is, that you're going to get paid for the work you've done. If somebody comes to you and says to you at the end of that period, look, I'm sorry, it's been a rough month, a rough week, I really can't pay you, but don't worry, work hard next month, and hopefully by the end of the month I'll be able to pay you for that month. Well, you know what? You're pretty upset now. In fact, you're bent out of shape because you had an agreement. You expect the other side to keep their agreement. Do you know that God always keeps his agreements? Always. God always keeps his agreements good or bad. And when God says that the wages of sin is death, he means it. And what does death mean? That the heart of death is a separation. And it's a separation from God. It's a separation from the loveliness and the wonder of God. You see, we, we, we live in a sin-cursed world, and there are problems and difficulties in it. But do you know there are a lot of beautiful things in this world? Beautiful things that are really reminders of the great God that created this world and, and, and made us. Beautiful things that he has laid out for us to have. And do you know that the, 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 the payment, the wage for sin, is to be removed from God and all the loveliness in a place called hell. And if that was all we knew about it, that's, that's, the, that's a dreadful thought. We know a whole lot more about it, but it's to be removed. It's to have be separated from God and all the loveliness and all the beauty that he has created forever. And you know, everybody in this room has earned that. Everybody in this room has earned a place away from God in hell. But, you know, that's why Jesus came. Because we had a problem we couldn't fix. We had a debt we couldn't pay. We had earned something, and the reality of what we had earned was so awful that God stepped into our picture. And God said, 
I will pay in their place. And that's exactly what he did. Salvation is a gift. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Do you know that even though you're a sinner, even though I'm a sinner, even though I've earned a place away from God, God still loved me. And God loved me so much that he wanted fellowship with me and he was willing to pay to have fellowship with me, a price that is ridiculous, extravagant, wild. He was willing to give his son. Now, you're going to say to me, because I've said it, and probably everybody in this room has said it at some point, but I'm not that bad. I'm a good person. I do good. And, and I'm sure you do. I hope you do. And that, that makes you a very nice person to live around, perhaps. But it doesn't change the fact that you've gone against God and done your own thing. You see, we've got a misconception as far as sin is concerned. We think that sin is something against other people. And while sin always hurts other people, sin is against God. Sin is going our own way and doing our own thing. And we've all done that. But in spite of the fact that we've done that, God wants to give us a gift. In spite of the fact that we've gone our own way, God wants to give us this gift. It's incredible. You see, if I were working out salvation... I, I would say to you, well, I'll tell you what, if you, if, you, if, you can, if you can come up to the mark and be good for several weeks, then I'll help you. Isn't that what you'd say? But God knows that we can't. So God says, I'm not going to charge you anything for it. I'm going to give it to you as a gift. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. In fact, you can't pay anything. In fact, if you could pay something towards this gift, you would just ruin the gift. You would sully the gift. If I were to come and give you this gift and you offered to pay me for it, well, you know what? That would just ruin the gift, wouldn't it? Salvation is a gift. We're talking about the gift of God here. Free, gratis, costing you absolutely nothing. Now, That's kind of humbling for us because we like paying our way. We we, we like to be proud and say, well, I don't don't owe anybody anything. I've done my own thing. I've never begged for anything in my life. But you know, when it comes to salvation, we can't pay our own way. Nobody can. You can never be good enough. If you started today, and if you could and you can't, and you were good every day for the rest of your life, the truth is that you still couldn't make up for the wrong you've done up to now. And you see, either you receive it as a gift or you don't receive it at all. Second thought about a gift is this, right? That you have to receive the gift. If I come to you with a gift and maybe you're bent out of shape with me, maybe you feel I'm, I'm trying to buy you or get one up on you or something and you say, no, I don't want your gift. I can't take your gift from you. I can't receive your gift. I walk away with my gift and it never becomes your gift. You have to receive the gift of salvation. It's not automatic. Jesus paid the price for your sins, but there's something you have to uh, do in terms of receiving it. You have to come to the place where you accept that you have a need and you receive this gift. Now what's the gift talking about? Well, 
<clears throat> the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Do you know what that eternal life means? That means a life with him in heaven forever. That life is the life that you were actually made for. And I was made for. You know, there's, there's, there's something about this world as wonderful and exciting and, and, and uh, challenging as it is. There's something about this world that leaves us empty. It's not enough. We want more. You can have things and they'll leave you empty. Isn't it amazing on Christmas Day? Uh, you'll receive all the gifts, you'll enjoy all the gifts, you'll eat all the food, and very often over the next few days you'll kind of feel very low. Because those things can't satisfy you. They, they just can't. Everything in this world is so set that it can't actually fully satisfy you. But you know what you were made for and what will satisfy you? Eternal life with him. Eternal life for, with him is the only thing that satisfies you. That relationship with him is the only thing that can actually touch the deep need of your soul and draw you into the place where you can know satisfaction. He's the only thing that can do it for us. You can try everything else. You can try everything in the world and it'll leave you empty. But when you come to him, when you receive his free gift, then and only then can you come to the place where you're truly satisfied in him. Number four, the gift is Jesus. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know that God asks you tonight to come to him and to receive his son as your savior. And based upon what his son did on the cross to come to that place where you accept he paid the price for your sin and you receive the free gift that he's offering you of salvation. I, I know you may think it's all too simple, it's all too um, <clears throat> strange to me, but you know it's not. It's very straightforward. You and I have a problem. It's called sin. There's a price in our sin. Separation from God in a place called hell. But there's a gift, a free gift that God has provided that fixes our sin problem, restores our relationship with him and gives, him, gives us a home in heaven. And if we will receive that gift, his son, Jesus Christ, we will have life with him forever in heaven. I'm going to ask you, do you want that? But you know, I know you want that. You'd be a fool not to want it. But you know what else? God has put eternity in our hearts. He's put a desire for this in our hearts. We want this. Listen, this Christmas, 2017, you're going to get a lot of gifts. You're going to buy a lot of gifts. You're going to eat a lot of food. You're going to maybe get new clothes. You're going to enjoy a whole lot of things. But this Christmas... Why don't you receive the most important gift of all? Why don't you receive the gift of all gifts from the greatest giver of gifts and start that sweet relationship with him and enjoy him forever? You're going to say, well, what do I have to do? 
It really is simple. Just come to him and confess the fact that you're a sinner in need of a savior and ask him to save you. There, there are leaflets in the hall. If you're a visitor, you're going to get a, a little pack uh, that has some uh, details about that in there. But it's simple. You just come to the place where you say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I, I need you as a savior. And you cry out to him. And the Bible says this, and it's a promise from God. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's definite. He never refuses. He never says no. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's Romans 10, 13, but it's quoted several times in the scripture. Don't miss the greatest gift of all. Don't miss the gift that God has for you this Christmas. Receive him as your savior this Christmas and rejoice with all those <clears throat> that knew what it meant for a savior to be born in the fact that he's your savior. And you start a relationship with him that will go on through eternity and you will enjoy him and his presence. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for these dear people that have come. Now, Lord, <clears throat> we know that words can't penetrate a heart that it's your work to actually bring truth to reality in people's hearts. Blessed Spirit of the living God, would you do that work right now? Would you work in hearts? Would you draw people to you? Would you show them their, their need? And Lord, may there be people in this room who cry out to you, who call upon your name and are saved even now. While you're sitting there, why don't you just do that right now? If God is speaking to you and you know you need to be saved, just in your own words, say, oh Lord, I'm a sinner. Your son came to pay the price for my sin. Lord, you offer me salvation if I'll trust him. Lord, I'm trusting him. I'm calling out to him right now. And call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Ask him to save you and he will do it. And you can know for sure you're saved just between you and him right now. Now, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful program. Thank you for the, all that you've shown us this night, and we thank you especially for the wonderful gift of Jesus. Now, Lord, would you bless. May there be rejoicing in heaven over souls that get saved tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.